This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and I'm joined, as I always am, by the one, the only, Brandon Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, today's podcast uh, should be a good one for you. And the reason why I say that is... We're, t- we're finally talking about your Notre Dame fighting Irish. And for a, I want to say good reason, not we're talking about them because their quarterback's leaving. I mean, you can kind of say their quarterback left. But hopefully this podcast is a positive spin on your fighting Irish. Well, you know, we'll see about that. I, I don't necessarily know if it, if it will be or not. I, I wouldn't say that losing starting quarterback Malik Zaire for the season is positive. Mm-hmm. Especially if you watched that game against Virginia, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> there wasn't really much pretty that you could take oh, away from that ball. Nothing in game. that game was pretty except for the final pass. But as you guys can see from the title of this podcast, it's plain and simple. We're kind of, and I will admit, jumping on the mainstream media bandwagon of just media outlets that are already comparing this year's Notre Dame team to last year's Ohio State team. And Brandon, we'll just start out simply with the injury to Malik Zaire, much like what Ohio State had to deal with last year. Can Notre Dame be the Ohio State of 2015 and make and maybe win the college football playoff? Well, here's the thing is, I I mean, I don't think that... (laughs) I really don't think that people should talk right away about Notre Dame being the Ohio State of last year. People just need to take Notre Dame one week at a time, I think, sometimes, honestly. Uh, because look, look at the game that they just played. I don't really think Virginia is that good of a team. And Notre Dame was really stifled by them. Mm-hmm. In a lot of aspects in after that, in that just game, blowing out the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, I'm, after blowing out the Longhorns. But Texas really is not good. I mean, Texas is not good. They've got so many problems. That's another story. They also have their running. Their main running back is out. CJ uh, Proisi, he's gone. Got injured week one. Malik Zaire's injured week two, and now you're. Backup quarterback, the guy that everyone's looking for, is the sophomore, Deshaun Kaiser. He's the guy, and I mean, Notre Dame fans are probably sitting there going, well, yeah, Brandon, Ricky, Notre Dame, I'm not worried because, look at we saw Ohio State go through the same thing last year. They went through it twice, though. Not only was their starter injured, their backup got injured, and they won it with the third stringer. Kind of the same situation here. The first stringer, you could say Everett Golson, leaves for Florida State. The backup becomes the starter, Malik Zaire. He gets injured. Now Deshaun Kaiser, who was the third stringer under Golson, he's now getting a shot a la Cardell Jones. And I think that, you know, this this team, is they're, they're a good team. But I think that um, we're going to really, they're really going to be tested now to see. People said that this would be 
the deepest team Notre Dame has had and that Brian Kelly has coached. Then prove it. And that's exactly what they're going to have to do now. That's exactly what they're going to have to do now with a quarter with a quarterback out. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that is. I I really think that's the the number the number one thing. I mean that's that is huge. Procise, seventeen carries, hundred and fifty five yards, and a touchdown at Virginia. Twenty carries, ninety eight yards mm-hmm. against Texas. And I said Procise was the one that was injured. I was wrong. I was thinking Folston. Folston is the running back that got injured against. Texas, his three carries, 19 yards, were all that he saw this season. So you've got Procise as the running back. You got Kaiser now as your quarterback. However, neither of those guys are your most important player on this team. I think moving forward, everyone's going to look at Kaiser because, of course, he's the quarterback. Everybody puts a microscope over the quarterback, but. I think the most important player on this team now is Will Fuller, the wide receiver. The reason being, and let me let's go back to that Virginia, the Virginia game against Notre Dame. The only reason the Fighting Irish win that game is because of Will Fuller. And I mean, I, I watched that play a couple times, and on college game day, they hit the nail on the head. I mean, the way Fuller ran that route, giving Kaiser a little bit of room on the sideline to where he could float it in there and hit a little margin. He could overflow it to the sideline and at the last second Fuller goes off of his fly route and just veers right in for the catch. He's going to be the one that I look for. How does he help out the young quarterback? Because I'm going to be honest. Deshaun Kaiser's not going to be the most accurate guy. He's not going to be as sharp as Malik Zaire is. There's going to be passes that float. There's going to be lobs that don't hit their target. How are the wide receivers going to adjust? How does Will Fuller adjust to those passes to make the catch? Well, Will Will Fuller already was the number one guy on this team. Yeah. Against Texas, he had seven catches, 142 yards, two touchdowns. Against Virginia, five catches, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Um, He's already, he's on pace for, uh, well, let's just say, a lot of touchdowns and some great yardage totals. He was just over, not just over, he was just under um, 1,100 yards last year. Uh, But I I think that... One thing that Notre Dame is really going to look for and need to look for, I think, is they're going to have to need to look outside of Will Fuller. They're going to need to look at Chris Brown. They're going to need to look at Amir Carlisle. They're going to need to look at a lot of these other guys. The reason being is because people are going to start keying in on Will Fuller. Oh, yeah. And they know that Deshaun Kaiser is the quarterback Mm -hmm. now. It's not Zaire, not as – I don't think there's going to be as much fear – um, in the in the defense mm-hmm. that Zaire could put in them as opposed to you know now Kaiser, and that's not to say that he can't prove himself, but that's what he's got to do now prove himself. And you take away Fuller, which teams can't fully take away mm-hmm. Will Fuller. Uh, not to throw a pun there, yeah. but it's that Notre Dame's guys are going to really have to think step up. We're going to have to see where is that depth that people talked about 
in the offseason? Where's that depth that people talked about going into that Texas game, coming out of that Texas game? Because right now, Notre Dame, they need to be able to flash that depth, to show that depth to the rest of the country because right now, that's what they're working with, their depth. And the one thing I immediately think of, and I could be wrong because I'll be honest, Malik is, or not Malik Zaire, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, the only time I've seen this kid play was last week. I didn't even know who the kid was coming into the Virginia game. One of the things I think is going to be interesting is Malik Zaire was a dual threat quarterback where he's going to beat you with his arm as he proved in the stats has for this season we can say because he's not going to play anymore. 428 yards, four touchdowns, zero INTs, averaged about 10.7 per pass. Also on the ground, 103 yards on 19 carries, didn't have a touchdown, but averaged about 5.4 yards per carry. Deshaun Kaiser, I know it's a small sample size, very small, but in the time that we've seen him, only four rushes, 11 yards. I know for 27sports.com, when he was a high school recruit coming out of high school, they have him listed as a dual threat quarterback. But can he be the same kind of dual threat, the dual threat that Malik Zaire was? Or are we going to see a la Ohio State where the big thing people were talking about with JT Barrett and Cardell Jones coming into the season, Jones is a bigger guy. Jones is like your Big Ben. JT Barrett's your smaller guy is going to run a little bit more, might have more accuracy on the arm, but Cardell Jones has your big arm. Is Deshaun Kaiser the Cardell Jones to Malik Zaire's JT Barrett? That's what the answer needs to be at Georgia Tech. And when I say that, can he carry this team to a victory? You know, I don't know. That's the question. I mean, that's the that's the question. And, and I don't know if he and can. my my answer is I'm not sure. He's a young guy, just a sophomore, and uh, that's you know that's what he's that that's what we have to go on. Last week's game. That's what mm-hmm. we have to go on. He was eight, eight of twelve, ninety two yards, two touchdowns. Like I said, small sample size. Small sample size, but a pretty good sample size. I mean, four incompletions mm-hmm. there. Uh, the 92 yards and the two touchdowns, it's effective. I mean, he was effective. That's what Notre Dame needs him to be. He doesn't need to go out there and be flashy. Mm-hmm. Just be effective. And if he can do that, Notre Dame's going to be happy with that. But that's where other guys are going to have to step up. I don't know if, again, Kaiser, he showed that he's not afraid to take a shot down the field in crunch time. So hopefully he's not going to be one of those dink and dunk quarterbacks. because yeah. I don't think he will be. Uh, but those are the worst. I mean, well, those are the worst. And the reason why I don't think he will be is we saw against Virginia, he can throw the deep ball. Yeah, was it the perfect deep ball? Yeah, did he need the wide receiver to help him a little bit? But he can throw the deep ball. Another comparison, and you guys are going to get sick of me comparing the Notre Dame quarterbacks to Ohio State, but just hear me out here. This could be a little bit of coincidence, but Malik Zaire, six foot, two hundred and twenty-two pounds. JT Barrett, six two, two twenty-five. So he's a little taller, but I'd put them in similar ballparks. Deshaun Kaiser, six four, two thirty, 
Cardell Jones, 6'5", 250. Yeah, Deshaun Kaiser's not as big. I mean, Cardell Jones has 20 more pounds on him, but Deshaun Kaiser's the taller quarterback. He's bigger in size than Malik Zaire. Am Rick, I just am I trying to feed Ricky, too much you're into just, this? You're just nuts. You're one of those guys I feel just fixate that, on it. that just yeah, you'll fixate on that, but you'll <laughs> you'll believe any conspiracy theory out there. Or not necessarily mm-hmm. believe it, but go, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that could happen. Oh, I'm just yeah. trying to throw it That's out there. You. Notre Dame fans don't hit the panic button because this has been done before. Here's the main difference though. Folston. The Folston injury is the main cog in this analogy between Notre Dame and Ohio State. Because last year, yes, Cardell Jones played amazingly. However, who else played pretty darn good at the running back position for the Buckeyes? Who was it, Brandon? Do you remember his name? He still plays for him. Little little crew cut going on so you can see the abs. He can't wear it this year, but he wore it last year. Do you need do you need help on his name or do you remember? Who are you throwing at me right Zeke now? Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, the running back. The guy who had the huge touchdown against Alabama where guys were chasing him and you see his eyes looking up at the scoreboard watching himself and his sexy abs scoring that touchdown. On the jumbotron, that's the See, main. For some reason, I I I was I was thinking Wisconsin, so I'm thinking, Melvin, thinking Melvin Gordon. Gordon. I'm like, no, that's no, not Melvin no, Gordon. No, this is Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. That's why Folston's the main thing. If Folston was playing right now and was not injured, I would say sure. Notre Dame, they have the same shot to be. They have a shot to do what Ohio State did last year, but without Folston. No, they're missing no. too many pieces. No, 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 no. If it was no, just no. Zaire, wait, if it was just Zaire, sure, I'll buy into it. But all the injuries that they've had thus far, nah, I'm not buying it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drink this Kool Aid. I'll go drink something else. I don't know why you're not gonna drink the Kool Aid because you really should. CJ Procise is gonna be just fine. Twenty carries for. Uh, I'll tell you again. Twenty carries, ninety-eight yards in the win versus Texas. Mm-hmm. 17 carries, 155 yards, and a touchdown at Virginia. I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to be just fine. He has filled in already very nicely, so I don't think that you're going to have to be worried there. I don't think that— Let me give you some games. Give me some this games, week, Ricky. This week against Georgia Tech at home, October 3rd, they go over to Clemson. Played probably a raked Clemson team. October 17th, they come home, play most likely a top 10, maybe even a top 5 by that time, USC team. Then later in the season, they play a Boston College team. They play a Pitt team that's always tough. Temple was tough. Beat Penn State. Navy can play them tough. The big games are obviously Georgia Tech, Clemson, and USC. However... They also play some mid-tier guys that may be able to knock them off. The big key for Ohio State last year in their title run, they lost the first one and then never lost again. The later we get into the season, let's say Ohio State wins this week against the Yellow Jackets. Great. Everyone's going to be just 
flooring pedal to the metal Notre Dame as a playoff favorite, playoff contender. However, the later you get in the season, that's where a loss can hurt you. You lose to Wake Forest. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you lose to Wake Forest, and your season's done. You lose to Virginia Week 2, your season's not done. That's another difference between this Notre Dame-Ohio State analogy. I think that you could actually be um, incorrect. I think that if if Notre Dame would have lost to Virginia this past weekend. By one. I mean, if they would have lost to them, it's a bad loss. They would have lost by one. That's a bad loss. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, they, they would have lost by one, but... You got to look. Auburn beat Jacksonville State by a touchdown in oh, overtime. They, they look terrible, and too. It, it plummeted them it all the way so down. Bad. So I'm telling you, Ricky, don't say that a loss at the beginning of the season won't hurt you or won't hurt you well, as badly. Okay. Because Ricky, I have gave you the floor. Okay. Now it's time okay. to let, listen to me. But you can have a bad loss at the beginning of the season for college football, and one, it could plummet you. Out of the top 25 mm-hmm. real quick, it can plummet you on a spiral downwards with your momentum, with your mentality. That could go on a string of bad games then. Not saying that it would, but a loss at the beginning of the season could be just as bad as a loss late in the season. So Notre Dame getting that win this past weekend, bigger than I think some people may think, because that really propels them one way or the other, and thankfully for them, it propels them up. Well, I mean, and the big thing, here's another thing I'm going to throw out there that was a kind of difference. And before I completely throw it out there, I just want to pull up the Buckeye schedule from last season so I can get this exactly right. Coming in preseason top 25, the Buckeyes were number five last year. Then they beat Navy week number one. That next ranking, they got the win, but they moved down to number eight. Then we all know what happened week two. They lost at home to Virginia Tech. And they went from eight all the way to 22. We know what happened from then out. We know what happened. They won. And they won a lot. And if you look at the Michigan game for them, when they were, I want to say that was about week 12, they were already creeping up back to number eight by week 12. And the big thing, the big thing for me is, and why a playoff, a loss doesn't hurt you early on in the season is because the playoff rankings don't officially start until week eight, I feel like, I mean, these rankings that we have earlier in the season, yeah, they're nice, but they don't mean anything. No rankings mean anything until week eight, because that's when we get the, okay, here's our playoff rankings. Here's what the committee thinks. And we already saw what the committee thought last year in a case like this. JT Barrett goes down. Michigan game happens. They come out and say, well, you know what? We kept the Buckeyes exactly where they were because we want to see what they will do under Cardell Jones. 
We want to see what they can do with their new quarterback. And I feel like even if they lost to Virginia Tech, the playoff committee would have that same thought with Notre Dame. However, the only difference is the injury happened the same time the loss happened, which was before the playoff rankings come out. So that's the only thing. However, if they lost on, if they did lose week two, I would say Notre Dame had a chance to go back and make the playoff. But they won, and now they definitely have a chance. Now it just comes into can Deshaun Kaiser get it done? I say no. I say Notre Dame does not make the playoff. They'll be out of the top 10 this season. I'm going to say they lose at Clemson and versus USC for sure. Two losses. That's not going to get you in the playoff. Well, you know, I think I can't I can't say outright that that's what they're going to do. I, I, I can't I can't give you I can't tell you what I think they're going to do then because I need to see a little bit more from this kind of new mm-hmm. team now um, being led by uh, Deshaun Kaiser. I I need to see some things from him. This weekend's game, I think, will prove to be interesting. I think I'll be able to tell you on the next podcast what I might think yeah. that they'll do against Clemson. Definitely USC. Well, and the one thing, but this is before we get to, because we got to move over to the next team we're going to talk about on this podcast. Another thing I want to throw out is in their games against USC, Clemson, and Georgia Tech, they all have the same thing in common. And these opponents all have top-tier quarterbacks. And when I say top-tier, guys that have been with their program for some time, Justin Thomas in Georgia Tech, you got Deshaun Watson in Clemson, and obviously Cody Kessler with the USC Trojans. So they've got experienced quarterbacks that they're going up against that if the Rook makes a mistake, these veteran quarterbacks can make you pay. Well, I'll tell you what, and I'll I'll talk more about this on the video that we'll have. Okay. Justin Thomas has thrown the ball 13 times this season. He ain't scaring me. <laughs> I mean, he's 10 of 13. I, I mean, you can talk about him being a veteran quarterback, and but uh, I, don't, I don't think he would be shaking me in my boots. <laughs> he would be shaking you in your boots? No, I would not be shaking if I was going up against him because I'd know, eh, just, just guard against the run. So, okay, we got to move on. The other team we were going to talk about in this podcast, the Texas Longhorns, and the reason why we're bringing up the Longhorns, is this week, AD Steve Patterson got fired from the university. And, I mean, Brandon, I don't want to talk about, oh, well, should they have fired him? Should they not have fired him? Because I'm going to be dead honest. As an Illinois fan in the Midwest, living in Chicago, I could give a shit if they fired him or not. whoop de freaking do the thing that I worry about now, what does this mean for Charlie Strong? What does this mean for, you could even cross this over into basketball. What does this mean for Shaka Smart, the new Longhorn head coach in college basketball? Keeping it with Charlie Strong because we're in the midst of football season. When you see AD Steve Patterson, the guy who hired Strong, gets fired, what's your first gut reaction for Charlie Strong's future in Austin. Well, my first gut reaction is Texas's program needs to change, and 
uh, Charlie Strong's uh, job security is not necessarily secure. Uh, you know, you have a new AD come in, and obviously there's the business um, aspect of it as, you know, people do forget sports are business. I mean, even college sports, still it's still a business up at the top. Uh, mm. um, I think that, uh, you know, an, an AD comes in, has conversations with Charlie Strong. I, if you want to do it right, you don't just out someone. You don't just say, eh, got to go. You talk with them, and sometimes you want to move in a different direction. I think for Charlie Strong right now, um, he either needs... <sighs> He, I think bringing in a new AD could be good for the program moving forward as a whole. But mm-hmm. Charlie Strong staying with the program may not it may not be a whole lot longer that he's there. I, I think when you really quickly going into basketball, I don't think Shaka Smart has anything to worry about. They'll have conversations and they'll talk and they'll see where they want to go um, as a program. But I don't I don't see anything uh, really happening with with Smart there. So I mean, Smart we can kind of agree because he is. This is going to be his first season with the Longhorns coming into. We're going to be talking about that in like not even a month or so. What can we expect from Texas Longhorns post Rick Barnes? So I feel like I'm on the same page with you with Shaka where this doesn't affect him because he still can say, hey, look at the one, two, three, four, five straight tournament appearances ahead with the VCU Rams. Okay? Cool. Whereas Charlie Strong, on the other hand, this situation's a lot interesting. Last season goes six and seven. Well goes six and six, gets to a bowl game, loses to Arkansas in the Advocare V one hundred Texas Bowl. And his seven losses besides that Arkansas game, BYU twelve UCLA, 7 Baylor, 11 Oklahoma, 11 Kansas State, 5 TCU. Good teams, but they lost. Coming into this season, you get destroyed by Notre Dame week one. You, yeah, you won 42 to 28 against Rice, but people thought you'd win by a lot more. You were up 42 to 14 and let them come back. And now you have, to me, Charlie Strong and the Longhorns have a gauntlet to run through. They get Cal this week. Then their next game they get ranked Oklahoma State. Then ranked TCU. And then, oh yeah, Red River River rivalry game against Oklahoma. You know, right now Texas is in really a tough spot. I I think... It's not a one-season turnaround. It's not a one-season turnaround. None of it ever is. I mean, people can't expect that. It never is. And, and, and that's hard for fans. Fans want to be good now. They want to be good now. And, you know, in things like this, you, you can't be. And like I said, there's not that quick of a turnaround ever. Mm-hmm. ever. Are, are you a but, Paul Feinbaum fan? Yeah, I think, he, I think he's interesting to listen to. Paul Feinbaum had the perfect statement about this. On, I think it was one of the like college game day during like one of the weekdays. He said, Texas fans, Longhorn fans, think that the college football world revolves around them still. It doesn't. And I was like, holy shit, he's right. All like, I mean, I'm not in Longhorn Nation, but Longhorns, the Texas fans want their team to be good, expect their team to be good. 
because they're still probably living in the Vince Young days. But guess what? Now college football revolves around Ohio State, Alabama, the SEC. You're not relevant anymore. You need to get there. And this Charlie Strong move, the best analogy I heard is it's not going to be a three-point turn. It's going to be like a 16-point turn. It's going to take a while. Well, here's the thing. I think this is how Strong keeps his job. I think that Strong keeps his job if his guys can at least, for the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. show that they'll be competitive in games and play with heart. If they can't do that, he won't have a job. So right now, his job depends on them, Mm -hmm. on his players. They are playing for his job. And I think he knows it, and I think they know it, and that's why things like this sometimes really will motivate players. They can't be the same players that said, when we were down 7 to nothing to Notre Dame, we panicked. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You panicked down 7 to nothing. It's a football game. Most likely you're going to go down in the game at some point. And that was only one score. Uh, but, and, and they said they panicked. They need to do a real quick turnaround, check themselves, and get their heads in the game. Before they wreck themselves? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but the serious no, before they wreck the, the job of Charlie Strong. And that's that's it. That's Here, what it is for me. Here's what I would do if I was if I were Charlie Strong. As of right now, I wouldn't tell anyone. I would just think this in my head. I would think there's probably a eighty five to ninety percent chance that I get fired at the end of this season. So what I would do is there's a job that's probably going to open up at the end of the season. We talked about it. Miami, the U. If I'm Charlie Strong, I say, hey, you know what? I try to put in the best season I can here. Go to, I mean, if Al Golden gets fired, cool. Get Go for that job. It's a part of the United States that Strong has recruited well from. He knows the area. I think he would have more success with the Hurricanes than to stay here in Texas because I'm telling you something. There's only one AD that is going that would save Charlie Strong's job and he ain't going to get the job and that's Mac Brown. Mac Brown is and I know that I mean there's an article right now that I'm looking at that just reads report Mac Brown not interested in being Texas's AD. You can look at that and say, well, Ricky, how many people have said they're not interested and then become interested? I get it. I'm just saying from a fact of Mac Brown is the he'd be the perfect guy for this AD position because he gets the Longhorn fans. He gets the boosters. He gets the fan base and what they're about. They need a guy that will get them and know how to talk to them. That's the thing. And they and Charlie Strong needs a guy that will go to bat for him because with all the money they talked about, there were reports saying that Patterson, one of the main re- one of the cogs in why he was fired, he didn't want Nick Saban. The booster said, "Let's throw all the money in the world at Nick Saban." Saban would have probably left Alabama to come to Texas, but Patterson said, "No, I want Charlie Strong." That's why if I'm also Charlie Strong, I'm saying I may not have a job because these boosters, they may like me now, 
but they wanted Nick Saban, not me. And I, I, you know, I think at at the end of the day, it's a tough situation. It's a tough one to swallow if you're Charlie Strong. Um, You, you were, you were the guy. You got the pick, and now the guy who made you the guy and picked you no longer there to support you. So that could be another reason and just kind of a uh, foreshadowing as to, hey, he went strong is also on his way out the door. I've got three, three questions for you. Number one, Charlie Strong's record at the end of the season. He's already one and one. I'll, I'll tell you this over under six wins. Over under he, even. He's. I'm thinking we're looking at about a four and eight season. Let me calculate really quick. One, two, three, four, five. So that's one, two, three, four, five. There's a chance they can get to six wins. I'm going to go four wins too because. Cal's a loss, Oklahoma State's a loss, TCU's a loss, Oklahoma's a loss. I'll give Kansas State and West Virginia, along with Baylor losses. That's Texas Tech, Texas Tech, Kansas, Ohio, or Iowa State. That's three on top of the one you got right now. You're a four-win, I'd agree, four-win team. But that's only because, I mean, I'm giving Kansas State and West Virginia the nods, but those are two toss-up games for me. But I feel like the next four games... Texas goes 0-4. They're not beating Cal. They're not beating Oklahoma State, TCU, or Oklahoma. It's just not going to happen. And I feel like at the end of the season, Longhorn fans will have a new AD. The interim AD will not be their AD. And Charlie Strong will not be their head coach. Well, I think that, again, it goes back to, you know, how does this season end for Strong? I think when you if you do end for an eight on the season, I think that it's really not Charlie Strong's fault. Mm -hmm. But the cards you're dealt, that's how it goes. And I don't think he'll be there either. Looking into we're going to start talking about week two. And the first game I want to talk about is not one that we're picking in our video. Week two. Week three, week I mean, three. I'm on. I'm on the NFL. I'm on the NFL game. It's NFL week two, college week three. In week three, number nine Florida State, unranked Boston College, both two and zero. Oh. And the one question people are starting to ask is, we didn't think they would, but can FSU still be a playoff team with Everett Golson? I still don't think they're a playoff team. I still don't think that they're even a playoff if they team. win the ACC. Yeah. No, I I mean that's just me, <laughs> but I, I I you know I I thought the, um, I thought who they played this uh, past weekend did uh, did pretty well against them for a while. Um, UCF, yes, was it UCF? Bulls. Yeah, uh, I I thought that they played um fairly well for to a, fourteen win for the Seminoles. I mean it doesn't sound great, but <laughs> but no, I think I thought they hung around for a little mm-hmm. bit, a couple of mistakes. Boston College that's gonna is do always it. a tricky I, team I just, though. I just don't think that um, I don't think that Florida State um, has enough firepower compared to some of the other teams up there. Not nah, this is an interesting game for me, and it was almost a game that I picked for 
our weekly pickums. Yeah, because Ricky picks all of them for well, me. Well, I mean, only because I, how it works is I come up with the five, and before the podcast, I go ahead and ask Brandon. I go, these five games. What are you thinking about? He usually agrees with me. I actually I mean, always say yes. He I was actually right on top of it with he, him this week. He just doesn't disagree with me. But the reason why I say this is an interesting game is I don't know if it was because Jameis Winston was there last year, but this Boston College team seems to get up a little bit when they play Florida State. And when I say that get up, I mean they play them tough. Last year, November 22nd, later in the season, they led for some of the game. They only lost by three, 20 to 17 score. It was 48 34 in 2013. You had 2012. That was the blowout of 51 to 7. That was the EJ Manuel blowout. So the past two years with famous Jameis, it's been close games for the Eagles and the Seminoles. I, I just. I could see a good game on the side of of Boston College because, again, I don't know how much faith I really have Mm -hmm. in Florida State. I think that they're going to win the games that people expect them to win. But I think that there will be some closer games with them this year. I don't think they put up as many points as they did with Jameis Winston, who, by the way, (laughs) looked like crap in in his first week week in the NFL. It was beautiful. And I just want to let everyone know that – Marcus Mariota was the guy, and I know I'll eat my words after he throws four picks this next week, but come on. Did the I get- guy was 13 of 16, 209 yards, four touchdowns. I just I, I knew that Marcus Mariota would do well. And I'm not saying you that act- he's gonna do that every week. You actually just remind me of something. I'm gonna check right now live on the podcast. Boom. Guess who's got Mariota in fantasy this week? Cha-ching, oh, cha-ching. also while we're on here, Ricky lost cha-ching, to me this cha-ching. last week, folks, in fantasy. Hey, I actually, actually him. shake my hand on that. Shake my hand, really, because because of you, I got Jameis Winston. What? Or not Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. What up? Because of me. What because up? because of me, Ricky is zero uh, and one. I also and got. I mean, Marcus Mariota. I'm note. a guy. This is I'm a quite note. the guy. But I also got my defense for this week too in Tennessee, playing the Browns. What up? Another game. This is this team is not going to win this game. But Brandon, I want you to be the biggest NIU Husky fan right now. Give me your keys to victory for them over OSU and a percentage that the Huskies upset the number one Buckeyes in Columbus. Wow, you're you're giving me the team that I thought you were going <laughs> to give me. You're, this, you're giving me is, the this game. This isn't this isn't the pick. Oh. This is just the next game I want to talk. about. Oh, I thought that this was no, the no, game because no, no, I'm no, thinking no. this is the game I, oh, I was looking no, at. No, I got one more. I got I got a special one for you on that. All right. Well, what does Northern Illinois need to do? Uh, they need to put about um, 50 people on the field defensively. <laughs> to no, what they what they have to do is is honestly you have to um, if if you're NIU, my big thing is I am definitely maybe going double team um, on Braxton Miller. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you take him away from the offense, you're taking a guy um, away out of the offense that is clearly an integral player. We saw that uh, big time in in primetime a couple of weeks back. This guy is good. He's a very good athlete. Mm -hmm. He's a proven performer. I think NIU needs to be able to take him out of the ballgame, take away 
the biggest weapon for Cardale Jones. I think that's really the number one key. I think that uh, number two, I mean, it's just really difficult, but <laughs> re- really uh, it's, it's make Cardale hear footsteps. You got to get to the quarterback. You've got to be able to make him uncomfortable. If he's able to have time back there, that's going to be harder for guys who, like I said, maybe double teaming Braxton Miller. It's going to be harder for them to keep him covered. He'll get away. He's a trickster, and clearly he's got one hell of a spin move. So I think that that's another key to this game. Percent that Northern Illinois wins this ball game about 15. And right now I'm looking at, I'm just looking through the conferences right now at some big interconference games that we're going to have this week. And here's the ones we've got this week. These are the conference games starts this week. Thursday night, 6.30 Central Time, Clemson and Louisville, an ACC matchup in Louisville. We also got that Florida State-Boston College game as another ACC matchup. No Big 12 games going on between conference foes, all in non-conference play in the Big 10. Rutgers and Penn State, that is one of the games that we're picking in our college pick'em video for week number three. Here's one that's not in the video, and this is one one I'm not giving you. Stanford, USC. This is the conference, the only conference game in the Pac-12. This is an easy one for me. It's going to be USC. Um, I think they handle Stanford. Uh, I think they take care of Stanford handily. Didn't want to say handle handily. That just sounded dumb. But I think USC is able to uh, take take care of business pretty easily. Stanford just ever since that Northwestern game to start the season, they really haven't showed me a whole lot of uh, stuff on offense. I was, and I just don't think that their defense will be able to hold uh, USC. I was surprised when I saw the commercial for the ABC game, and I was like. Really? Stanford, yeah. USC? Like, I get it. It's a Pac-12 game. But I'm not impressed. Really? Stanford, USC? I mean, I'm... really big games. Really big games that they had to start the season. Yeah. The first two. And now they have this one. And it's a clunker. I really think that <laughs> it's they... A, it's a clunker. They, they, they should have had Ole Miss, Alabama, okay, no Mike, question. Okay, Mike Zimmer. Because Zimmer came out and said that Teddy Bridgewater won't throw another clunker in week two. Oh, what yeah. Is, good do, one. Do we know what the... ABC game next week's going to be? Do we know what that one's going to be yet? Um, I don't think. Well, we might. I think ABC knows. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me look. While you're looking at that, the SEC though, this is me. The conference that has the best games this week, only because you got 18 Auburn, 13 LSU. Go check out the Pick'em video for that. That's one interconference SEC matchup. South Carolina at Georgia, Texas Tech against Arkansas. I know that's a non-conference game, but man, did Arkansas look like a just bad team against the Toledo Rockets. You have Florida, Kentucky, Kentucky getting a huge win over South Carolina last week. And then you have the nightcap game at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, 15 Old Miss, number two. Alabama, that's another one that's in our pick'em video. And I think the SEC wins this week for conference games. A, it's got the most, but I mean, when you're headlining with Auburn, LSU, South Carolina, Georgia, and Ole Miss, Alabama, that's got to be the best conference slate, right? 
Well, we have some uh, teams to be decided on times. Okay. We've got UCLA at Arizona, USC at Arizona State, Utah at Oregon, uh, Texas A&M at Arkansas, Mississippi State at Auburn. Those are the ones okay. that I could see being the ABC game of the okay. week. We're going to have to... I think we're going to have to wait until next week. They're going to probably see what the rankings hold, but we're going to end the podcast a little bit differently today. We're taking a page out of the Onside Kickbook, the NFL podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast. We have our five games in the Pick'em video. You can see that link down in the description when it gets posted. Five games there. The sixth game, surprise pick. Brandon's going to give me one. I'm going to give Brandon one. We don't know who the other person's going to give us for the sixth game. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You know, please go first, Ricky. Illinois, UNC. <laughs> well, does Illinois know, go three and oh? Well, here's the thing. Illinois has done a really good job these last couple of weeks. And even this past week with a couple of turnovers, they were still able to pull out a really good game. They've put up some really good points so far this season. I was even talking with some of my friends this past weekend when they were over, and they were like, wow, Illinois really is just pouring on the points. They are. You know who plays for Illinois? Former uh, football player at the college we went to, St. Xavier. Clayton Fedulum. Clayton Fedulum. An NAIA champion. Plays in the secondary, Clayton Fedulum does. (laughs) But... uh, this Illinois team, I think they've been impressive. They've come out, I think, with a new sense of energy and a new sense of life to them. They'll be on the road at North Carolina, 11 a.m. ESPN Dose, at Chapel Hill. Is that officially ESPN Dose? Is it officially It says now? ESPN, too. Okay, because before this week they had, it was either going to be ABC, ESPN, or ESPN Dose. So Illinois at North Carolina. And what do you I got? Think, Who you got? And this one... Illinois, 2-0, goes to take on North Carolina at 1-1. The only loss for the Tar Heels were the Gamecocks. I, and I think I had my mind made up. And now you're second-guessing I, I, I had my mind made up when I, went, when I looked at this game earlier. I had my mind made up. I knew who was going to win the game. My mind is no longer made up. <laughs> is it because of what Illinois has done in week one and, and week two? And I think I think at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to be a dreamer, and I am go- and I'm going to say that um, I'm going to say that the uh, Illini go three and zero. Yeah, buddy. And I'm not saying I'm not hear. saying it just for you, Ricky. I'm saying it because Illinois has just showed. Uh, I, I, I don't know this this new energy in Illinois. That's what they've kind of showed, and I think uh, that the for, po- the post Tim Beckman era is here, people. And I I think that Get going excited. into North Carolina, uh, NC hasn't really showed a whole lot yet. They did have that week one loss, South Carolina. They bounced back pretty well this past week, but I think Illinois is going to go three and zero. That's my pick. Could not Illini. be ha- could not be happier with that pick. What game are you giving me? What's my surprise game this well, week? Well, your surprise game? Well, we'll keep it in the Big Ten, a team that has surprised me, and I've enjoyed watching them so far. Can I take a guess? You can. Is it Nebraska, Nebraska U? You're actually wrong. Ah. Uh, so the game that I give you. Northwestern Northwestern at Duke. 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 That's all I got to say. Duke. I hate Northwestern Duke. 
<laughs> Ricky is just like a salty old man Duke, who it, got piss in his Cheerios. I, I will let you know this, and this is Brandon. This is a secret that I'm letting out of the bag. Much like Mark let this out of the bag week one in the NFL, and now I'm just feeding into it, is the way Mark said, and this was before our week one picks when we picked Bears-Packers, and I'm like, oh, who are you picking for that game? He goes, oh, anytime we have the Bears, I'm just going to dick it. Meaning he's picking the Bears no matter who they play. Whereas me, I'm kind of the same way with Northwestern. Whoever Northwestern plays, I'm going to pick the other team. That's just who I am. Duke all the way. Duke, 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 Duke. Even though I hate Duke. Duke, 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 Duke. All right, there it is, folks. Man, Tar Heel fans really hate us. I picked Duke and you picked against the Tar Heels. Chapel Hill. The eyes of us are not shining on... uh, Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need him to love me in football. <laughs> I would say is that if it was North Carolina, Duke, and basketball, I'm taking North Carolina every time. <laughs> Fucking Duke, I hate him. But that is going to do it for the Primetime Podcast this week. Let us know uh, the two secret picks. What are your picks down below? Also, go ahead and check out our Week Three pick 'em for this week. Let's see if myself. I mean, you know, I wasn't going to, but I'm going to take a. Uh, page of the SVP book on SportsCenter. What did I go this week? 5-0, and oh, baby! 5-0. and oh. Let's see if I can do it again. Brandon, how did that 5-0 and oh taste? Didn't taste that good, did it? I don't know. You were the one that went 5-0. Yeah, oh. You were the one that went 3-3. Three. Three and two last week. So well, you know, I was the one that went more logical, and those teams just, you know, <sighs> screwed it up. Let's just say that I think uh, Mississippi State needs to find themselves. A new field goal kicker. LSU, eye of the tiger all day. Don't bet against those Cougars. But that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast. Thank you guys for checking this podcast out. If you're listening on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe button. If you're on SoundCloud, go ahead, hit that follow button. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan 19. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod on Twitter. Thank you guys again for checking out this podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.